Hello, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Pixel Hunt. My name is Malcolm Cano, and I'm your host, as always, and joining me in the studio are, as they normally do, my co-hosts, Mr. Michael Carl. Hello. Mr. Tyler Durr. Hello there. And Mr. James Baker. Greetings. Hello. Good evening. How are you all doing this evening? Doing just fine. Wonderful. Lovely. Glad to be here. So yeah, um, we're going to start things as we normally do with uh, just a little bit for our uh, our new releases. Uh, and being in the month of November, there is no... Uh, well, yeah, we got Fallout 76 that's coming out, or that came out today. Uh, we have... Uh, yeah. Hit- oh yeah. Oh yeah. We don't uh, like to think about it. What's wrong? No, not a huge well, fan? Well, I really want to be, but I haven't heard great things from the beta. Yeah, neither have I. Um, but that is the beta, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We have uh, Underworld Ascendant coming out on the PC for no- on November 15th. Uh, we've got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee for the Switch on November 16th. Civilization VI is coming to the Switch on November 16th. Battlefield Five coming to the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on November 20th. And Wreckfest coming to the PS4, Xbox One on November 20th. And Warframe, which is coming to the Switch on November 22. I'm excited for Warframe. That seems actually kind of interesting because I've uh, one of the YouTubers I watch has been playing quite a bit of that. And he seems to have a good time with it. It's oh, Pat. really? It's Pat. Ah, okay. Pat and his, his immense uh, addiction to Warframe. Isn't that game free? Yeah, it's free. Oh. It's got loot boxes, though. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, so not free. I mean, it hasn't stopped me before. I mean, well, depending. It'll only cost you, like, your soul. That's it. Mm, soul. <laughs> Counting on the fact that I hadn't sold it already? Exactly. Uh, and you can't lose your soul if you've already given it to someone else. Exactly. And maybe I could get it back in a loot box. Exactly. Oh, there's a random chance that you'll recover your soul from this loot box. <laughs> um, so we also, so the, one of the first stories that I wanted to bring up for today is that uh, it, it's more of a, a retrospective on what's been happening with the uh, Telltale loot box. Or not Telltale loot box. I'm, loot boxes are on my mind. I just say yikes. Uh, no, no, it's, it's pretty bad. The Telltale liquidation. Um, so in the wake of Telltale's closure uh, that saw over 250, 250 people being laid off, uh, the partner that's currently liquidating Telltale Games is known as Sherwood Partners. Um, and there are... Uh, it says that according to a GamesIndustry.biz article, Sherwood has reached out to anyone who may have a claim against Telltale, asking them to provide documentation to the claim before uh, of the claim before April 9, twenty nineteen. Uh, in addition, Game Daily acquired a copy of a document signed by Telltale CEO Pete Hawley that shows see uh, the Cobra Health benefits for the company's employees will terminate on November thirtieth, twenty eighteen. Uh, and finally, a number of sources have noted that some of Telltale's game catalog have been removed from Steam today, including games such as Back to the Future, Tales of Monkey, I- and Tales of Monkey Island. And at this point, more popular titles such as Telltale's Batman series, The Walking Dead, and The Guardians of the Galaxy, Minecraft Story Mode, and Game of Thrones will remain available for purchase. But we're starting to see some of the earliest work that Telltale created in the way of structured linear narrative story disappearing off of Steam. It's almost like. Well, I mean, I, I'll, 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 I'll hit the low-hanging fruit first. Uh, insert uh, cliched Infinity Wars uh, meme of someone bursting into 
Like you just pixelated ash, pixelated ash. Not as, feeling so good. Yeah, like to the Back to the Future game. I don't feel so, uh, Mister Telltale. I don't feel so good as the games cease to exist. How weird must it be then to have an offline copy of uh, of like Tale of Back to the Future or uh, Tales of Monkey Island? I have the Monkey Island one. Do you have them on yeah. your computer? So keep them. Yeah. They're collectibles now. I, yeah, I guess. I can't get rid of it unless Steam gets rid of it. Well, so. well they're, they're being... I'm rem- stuck with it. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> that or if Steam just crashes, and then you don't have access yeah, to yeah, anything. Yeah. When, when, when Steam goes down, I lose all of the games that were supposed to be mine. Exactly. And you realize, in fact, that you don't own anything. Yeah. Nothing is real. Everything's an illusion. Didn't that happen to one of us before? It happened to Mike. Yeah. Oh, just why I brought it up. GameStop what... shut down their PC app. And, yeah, I had, like, 75 games on there. Yeah, you know, just as 75 games. Gone. Like, um. I never even owned them. <laughs> oh, I would have Because you didn't those. own them, Mike. You only paid... I never owned you, them. you paid the right to play them. Yeah. But you do not own those games. Yeah. GameStop No right them. to own them. Yeah. So, uh, I, I bring yeah. this up simply because uh, the, the case with Telltale is a sensitive subject, and we're actually starting to see sort of the, the steps that are being taken... Um, do you think that they should have? I don't think they should have removed them from Steam. I am. I understand the reasoning behind it, but I don't agree with it. I don't understand the reasoning behind me that. Neither. So help me see it. Sure. So like I. So if if they were to leave those games up on Steam, uh, and someone were to purchase those games, the question would be where where does the profit go? Who gets the money for those games? Okay. Because it would be kind of unethical if Steam picked up the profit of it because it's like there were people who worked on that game. But because the company that made them doesn't exist, the license to sell them also is kind of like non-existent anymore. So shouldn't Telltale's shouldn't Telltale effectively will those rights to someone? Yes, or? but they weren't able to because they passed away. Sudden, it's like a gothic novel where the the inheritance is up for grabs because they didn't have any time <laughs> to structure or plan anything. So now it just gets willed to some college student in his dorm, passed out on his futon. How did you know about that? No. (laughs) um, But it is one of those things where uh, I think the reason why they couldn't leave them up there was because it was a little too problematic. And the question of who would get the money, what little money, uh, those titles brought in, uh, you know... Who would get that? Now, even so, I think that whoever's in charge of the liquidation would also just like because Telltale owes so much money or may end up owing so much money to its former employees. I think they're just kind of like trying to scrape together as much money as possible, which is why they've left the more profitable titles alone, at least for now. Like Minecraft Story Mode. It's like, yes, actually. And it's like, (laughs) and it's like watching bits of the corpse be carried away. It's so depressing. It's really macabre just chopping up pieces of this corpse be like here you go it's like oh it's like this vultures yeah well it's like this this is still viable this part of the corpse is fine keep going (laughs) i'm picturing an army of ants just carrying pulling off tiny pieces with the little pincers it's like indiana jones the one we don't talk about (laughs) the the kingdom of the crystal skull you mean horrifying (laughs) it is horrifying to watch that man be taken by those ants (laughs) Hear uh, the crunching. Yeah. Oh. Except they'd be fancy ants wearing suits and stuff because they're business people. That's right. Business ants. Yes. Business ants are the ones that are taking this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to picture this in my head and I'm not sure whether I want to see like each ant have its own individual bow tie 
or whether I want to see like all of them kind of agglomerated into a vaguely humanoid form a, wearing a suit. Wearing a top hat <clears throat> as they slowly but surely uh, pick away at the rem- what remains of Telltale. That'd be a fun spinoff game. It's, a, it's the best-selling mod of what, ha- what remains of Edith Finch, what remains of Telltale games. <laughs> You just you just have to like paste a photo on each of the characters' faces that like relates to a specific game. Right. It's a t- oh as, my as god. They die. <laughs> oh, it's so depressing. I love it. Um, I'm so happy that we could go back in time and revisit this. Um, but do you so like to that? Do you guys think that they should have? taken them down do you think they should have left them up so like the games that are left up will be left up insofar as they can make money to pay off the liquidation of telltale games to the executives to the uh to the shareholders this is the kind of question i hate having to answer because it's like business it feels slimy doesn't it business ethics always feel a little bit slimy and shady and eh yeah. Um I would I would have wanted the titles left up just because I mean They're... any game in itself is a work of art and it deserves to be able to be appreciated no matter what but of course you know this is America and money talks or so they say and That's right. Obviously that means money has more consideration as an individual than well, yeah. most individuals well because steam is steam is when you come down to it a digital platform and as a di- as a er, not just a digital platform a digital marketplace and as a marketplace like it's there to sell products and like that's all it it is good for um that's all it do it's it yeah that is what it does now it would be very interesting if there was a platform that was meant to uh archive games there i know the library of congress actually does have a like games they they it has that the library of congress archives uh certain video games and they have like, video yeah what shadow of the colossus shadow of the colossus is archived at the library of congress it's like huh. li- like landmark and important games are are now being saved as a specific type of like art and media um huh. yeah we're getting there interesting it's very nice moving up in the world yeah that'll be that'll be for our uh, our final special will be us uh coming to you live from <laughs> the Library of Congress, as we huddle and talk into a, a voice recording. Yeah, and then as f- we ask our video games art. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that was one of the first things we talked about on this show. It might have been. Yeah, embarrassingly so. Right, embarrassing. Like to me and Mike, freshman, stumbling for uh, thought and like ah. Oh, uh, I remember one of our things we talked about was World of Tanks. Nice. It was because Quo played it a lot. Yeah, we were like, my former roommate just played so much World of Tanks. <laughs> we were like, and well, it was so that. bad. Well, that was yeah. We were like, why is it so popular? Why is he playing? Because it's free. Yeah, yes, he's also exactly. a huge League player. Played a lot of League. Yes, oh. uh, actually, which is slight... very, very much an art piece. Oh in yes, its fantastic community. <laughs> its community it's, is an art piece in and of itself. Right, you it's, just watch it explode. It's, it's like a beautiful implosion of toxicity and anger. Yeah, what uh, do you mean? I thought they were all saints in their yeah. own right. Well, in League of Legends, yeah, there are no there there is there are no innocents in League of Legends. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's nothing there. There are <laughs> only the dunked. And the dunked upon. <laughs> and yes. you are either one of the two. No, you're both. 
Double dunked. <laughs> Double dunked. <laughs> Sometimes you dunk on yourself. Um, Every seen that happen. Yeah. Speaking of dunking on yourself. Uh, what a segue. The U.S. Army <laughs> is launching an esports team as a recruiting effort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to recruit those drone pilots somehow, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Uh, speaking of dunking on yourself, the U.S. So, Army. Uh, <laughs> um, Big but, oof. But the, the U.S. Army is launching an esports team as a recruiting effort. Uh, there's a program intended to help young people see soldiers in a different light and, quote, help the Army address the growing disconnect with society. Uh, the U.S. Army wants to boost its appeal to young people, and the latest effort to that end is the formation of an official U.S. Army esports team. Is this a team or a league? It's a team. Okay, uh, what is this team competing in then? Uh, the esports competitors will be part of the services marketing and engagement team to work out of Kentucky. Beyond traveling to events to compete for the Army, members will also beta test Army apps and training simulations. Uh, the team is planning to hold tryouts in a number of titles. The first event will be a Tekken tournament next month, with the winner going on to yes. pre- represent the Army at PAX South in January. Yes. Mike, join enlist, oh, Mike. I'm gonna watch get, that. Get oh yeah, that, that means I have to enlist now. Oh, you enlist. Damn. Well, what are you going in for? I just want to be part of the esports team, Tekken specifically, <laughs> the Tekken esports team. As Mike <laughs> enlists in the army and plays king and wipes the floor with the death cradle. Don't even get me started, man. Uh, as as Mike <laughs> death cradles an opponent into submission. It's so frustrating. So let's. Let's, it would be technical. Let's just it? jump right into this horrifying pile puddle of like <laughs> nonsense. All right. So, on a purely ethic from a purely ethical standpoint, what are your opinions on esports being marketed uh, by the army to younger people in an effort to recruit them? How do, let's just let's talk about that. Do you think that this is a good use of video games themselves? Did you foresee something like this happening? What do you think is the like? Is this going too far? Can the army use video? Can the is the army even allowed to make an esports team like this? So if the army can make sports teams, which like, they you know they, football and basketball yeah. and all that whatnot, I assume they can also make esports. That's teams. right. That's how they catch you in your argument. You're like, this is ridiculous, and they're like, but what about the sports teams? And the like, the thing that gets me here is that, um. They're they're using this specifically to appeal to young people. Yeah. And the other time I saw a, um, it wasn't a government entity. The I will say a corporate entity attempting to appeal to young people to like draw them in and hook them young was, uh, Philip Morris. Using what? cartoons for cigarette advertisements. Oh, that's right. Okay, um, I see the parallel there. And it's really concerning to me because you know the army is not exactly the safest. Right, and it's it is a job. It, right, it, it is the 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 concern at least in that regard is like oh well, what exactly what is the end the army is trying to reach? Well, they're trying to increase uh, recruitment for the army. Right. With video games, <laughs> which. Kids do like. Hmm. It's it's creating this space in which the army is also about, you know, fun and games. It's like, yeah, <laughs> but not really because the army is a military organization. Right. They do... 
They do things I'm not they a particular do, fan of. Yes, they do. Like, well, they they like as <coughs> as the army. Like, it is in that capacity, and so like I feel like at least in that regard, like you gotta kind of represent that. I, I I I understand, but I feel like it's kind of like it's not lying, but it's like. Uh, not providing the whole view of being like, come to the army, you can have fun with video games, but also you're going to be deployed in a, potentially in a foreign nation and have to fight people with guns. Have fun. Um, but I, I but that Tekken. is that is the but Tekken. But you can play you can play Tekken. Part of me wonders what all games they're actually going to get involved in because if they're holding tournaments, it's going to be League of Legends, Tekken, it's going to be Tekken, it's League be of Street Legends, Fighter. Starcraft, yeah. Street Fighter, like all of these, the make Evo a certain thing. amount of sense for the army. Yeah, to me, these are okay. Well, like, yeah, those are more than if likely it's mostly just fighting and strategy and command and, and MOBA. Games, st- yeah, it's gonna MOBAs? be mo- it's gonna be mostly that. I actually, <laughs> I it, and like I as a complete nerd, uh, I think of uh, Ender's Game kind of where it's like I like a, a a team based strategy game for people in the army. Like, it actually doesn't sound too ridiculous. No, not at all. Yeah. I was thinking the same exact thing, and I was yeah. just thinking about how in that in that <clears throat> story, um, it's, oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's a ploy. Like, yeah, it's a trick. Supposed to think it's just a game, but it it isn't. That's that's the whole. So what if they designed a, a drone simulator that looked like a game and just played like a game, and you were like, "Well, that was a fun game," and they're like, "Congratulations, you've just committed war crimes." Yeah, well, I mean, that's they're, they're already basically there. I mean, the fact that it is a drone means that you have people, you know, hundreds of miles away who are just staring at a screen that is a camera that is a complete just separation from reality and where they're actually Oops. at. Not to mention, it doesn't even look like reality, right? Because it's an above. Right, so there's it's, no it, way... It's, it's like a... Um, what's the Bird's eye view, top-down view? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a top-down... And so there's no way you can... So you complete, don't make the connection. You're yeah, just like, there's a, a disconnect. It's a complete abstraction. You can't tell what a building is. You can't... And actually, they have... Um, I, I learned a little bit ago that they have a, a symbology. Like, they have to study what buildings look like from above based on symbols... Oh. And like fences and and people because it looks so much different, and so they have to study these these maps that tell them what these things look like from above. That's how just separated. It's like it this is. is what a hospital looks like from above. This is what like a yeah. Oh so it's God. like if you think about it, it is. It's just like a game because you are you're, <coughs> you're adjusting to the rules of the game. You are learning the rules. This is your tutorial. Now shoot a drone at some people. Now shoot a drone. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, it is chilling. Um, it, I think it's just their recreation, or yeah, recreation of the memes. Hello there, fellow kids. Yes, hello. Why, hello there. It's the army essentially showing up and being like, "Yo, what's up? We're we're hip too. We like video games." Uh, and that's the the part that I take a bit of problem with. I don't mind if they create, and like, there's also nothing wrong with creating uh, a. a a project for for soldiers to have some kind of an outlet. Like if you're a soldier and the army's like, hey, like we understand you like video games. Come on, like if you're in the army already and they're like, yeah, we can make a space for you and you if if that's what you need to do to to enjoy yourself or to relax a bit or to calm uh, yourself. I think that's fine. I it's the recruiting. Part. It's the use of it as a recruitment tool, specifically targeted at young people. Mm-hmm. That makes me very. Uh, leery of this. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I 
yeah, it makes me think of Ender's Game. It makes me think of like what what exactly. And this is actually like this isn't the first time the army's done this. Apparently, like back in two thousand, there was a, a service. The service began investing in America's Army, a free to play shooter franchise designed to familiarize potential recruits with various roles <laughs> they would fill and make enlistment more appealing. The program cost the government thirty two point eight million through the decade through the first decade of development. In its most re- recent iteration, America's Army Proving Grounds has been has been available on Steam since 2013. Yeah, the use of the use yeah. of combat simulation games as ways to um, to like examine potential recruits has has been kind of a topic of conversation for a while. There, right. I, I remember hearing stories when I was playing like Mass Effect multiplayer that there might be recruiters monitoring play and looking at, okay, so who has the instincts of decent soldiers? And I was like, I what? don't it's... know if that's true. <laughs> uh, and I don't want it to be true. I also don't believe that when you go into play multiplayer on <laughs> Mass Effect that you're like, I gotta go, sol- you gotta soldier it up, boys. Good Nobody's thing. checking their corners when you can just scion, like, hop your way across the map. It didn't get to scion <laughs> hopping your way across the map until late in the game in multiplayer. Right. But, but like yeah. you know what I mean, where it's like I, uh, there's there's such an inherent disconnect with the medium and the actual act that I find it concerning that it is being you like. Well, hold on now. They might be developing biotics for you know. Oh, now you see. For all we know. <laughs> that's that's the next one. The government uh, announcing. Oh, we've congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. We've developed biotics. Employment skyrockets. We've got them, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we got them. Uh, but um, I do believe that this specifically is a it is kind of of stark and and surprising. Uh, and I did want to so like I moving forward. Do you think that like where do you think the limits are for this? Where do you like how poli- how political should a game be allowed to be? How how ingrained in like a a country's militarization should it be? Because I think. We normally view them as like uh, consumer products, but we don't look at them too often as uh, as a type of like a potentially like a government pro- or a, a tool used to be used by larger entities or by governments or something like that. I mean, right now, if if the extent to which the army is using video games is putting on esports tournaments, I don't think that's necessarily that harmful as of yet. Because I don't think it's it's not a manipulative tactic right now. I think esports tournaments are something that people can do outside of the army and they will not join the army just so they can play esports tournaments. It's just giving them that option when they do join the army so we can assume that those people are still joining because they actually want to join, not because they're being manipulated when it becomes a problem is if like they start advertising this to people and that's what actually motivates them to join the army because right. they have some sort of warped perception of what war and, and the feeling of, of battle is based on something they've been playing. That's when it becomes dangerous. Right. Which I mean... Uh, but who's to, who's to say where that is and where that isn't? Yeah, and, you know, you can never really tell. You can't tell what a person's motivations are. Um, But when you ask, like, how political can games 
they've already been very political, at least with war games. And uh, you have Call of Duty, which is always mm-hmm. uh, really Amero-centric. Incredible. And- like, it, it, does, it depicts the U.S. Army almost always at... Like, you, you play as, the, as a member of a U.S. Army or a U.S. Army-led group. Yeah, like, Aren't especially those- recently. Aren't those games specifically like made in partnership? With I believe they the are military. Yeah, I believe which, so. Which I mean that that explains the the centrality of the message in those games. The the army's long the the military has long partnered with anyone who's willing to put depictions of them out there, and like we will help you craft this depiction. They spent so thirty two million dollars have... on a free to play shooter. Yeah. So yeah. long as we have veto rights over the story. And so it's, it's they do that with Hollywood all the time. Exactly. Oh, and yeah, like absolutely. uh what is it? Uh The Guardian actually said, uh, talks about something called the military entertainment complex. Mm. And this is like Hollywood. This is all the depictions of the military and of soldiers like a la American Sniper, a la uh you know Call of Duty World War 2, uh like these ca- campaigns are like Modern Warfare 2. All of these incredibly popular military shooter games that specifically revolve around like you got to fight the fight the terrorists and, and one or the Nazis, the, right? Or the Nazis, but like there's one I remember Modern <coughs> Warfare Three. I actually like played that game and like the story is that Russia invades the U.S. and you as an American soldier like beat back the the Russian threat as you get all 1960s Cold War up in here. So. Red Dawn? Yes, but in New York City. And among, and in other places. Of all the places for Russia to invade New York? Yeah. Well, that sounds like a really hard it's, like Yeah. And to their credit, logistical I, target. I it is it is it is a fantasy and I like the way like I find it like it's ooh, it's kind of entertaining and like oh it's an interesting like uh it's an interesting backdrop for the game. But really it is showing like it is providing the <laughs> You know, it's never like you're never a uh, you're never a Kurdish native who's like defending your home from a group of like American soldiers who kind of just show up out of nowhere. Like it, that's never you. That's you're never placed in the that. narrative. Is always very it's American. Amer- it's like it's not just America. It's like two red, white, and blue guns like firing off into the air as you like sw- like just jump through a window and like. Dolphin dive and shoot someone in the face. A la giant flying bald eagle on fire like That's in right. Far Cry 5. It's just like, oh my god, yes. Far Cry 5 even does a similar thing by showing, like, you are law enforcement. You are a U.S. marshal that goes to that place where that cult's going on and you just, like, you take well, I, I, I you mean, take to, out the trash. To, to be fair. You also, as a government employee, shovel people to death. I Look, man. <laughs> As a I was government just, employee. I was just smacking them with some optimism. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it even had a happy face I, on I would it. love to see the, just the, uh, just on, on the, like, the, the military ethics. What does the Geneva Convention have to say about the use of shovels? They're just spades. Okay, yes. Are those the, outlawed? Mm, no, but I don't know about using them to fight people or impaling someone with a shovel. So, I mean, see, it's no different from, like... A club, or I guess, a or sword. yeah, or running into battle, like running into an armed fight with a javelin. Yeah. Oh goodness! I think the Geneva Convention was mostly concerned about weapons right. of wide scale 
this is true indiscriminate and, death right and also of attacking civilians and flamethrowers so, uh agent orange yeah. stuff like that yeah, shovels. general crimes against humanity. Yeah, shovels, shovels are less right. But like, if you if you were to use that shovel to, I don't know, attack a local, seems. I, I mean, you could do that with any weapon. Yeah, this is true. <coughs> that's that's more on the person than on the weapon. This is and true. even then, like, you at least have like the convenience of oh, I just murdered this person with a shovel. Guess I could bury them now too. <laughs> the that... shovel, the most you, the most useful killing tool. Um. Not wow. only does it help you get the kill, it helps you hide the body. That's impressive. Respectful. This took a real dark turn all of a sudden. Yeah. Guys, you know what's not dark, though? Or rather, it kind of is. The weather. We gotta do some weather, boys. And you know, in Iowa City, currently it's 26 degrees. It's a little dark outside. That's what happens when it gets into the evening times. Don't know if you know. Uh, but it's, it's 26 degrees Fahrenheit. But, but fellas, 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 what does it feel like? I don't know, like 23. Okay. 28. Uh-huh. I'm going to go barely legal and say 18. 22. Oh. Congratulations, Mike. Oh. You got it. Excellent. Well done. First time in years. It's Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since you've won the weather. Really? You look so enraptured. I am. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. You can Thank hear you, everyone. his voice. Uh, uh, yeah, Thank you. I, I'm so glad to accept this. Uh, I don't normally get the weather. Yep. Oh. Imagine going up to the podium with the Oscars and being like, yeah, thank you, thank you everyone. Uh, it's great. Thank you. And then you're like, uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, really pleased. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to, they play, don't the have music. to play the music. You're just like, yeah. thanks. I the, the band's just like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to play the music. Didn't even have to. Huh. <laughs> what? They didn't even... He didn't even use the music. The band, the band actually like really enjoys yeah, that. It's cathartic the, for yeah, them. They enjoy like being all, in. all these stuck up Hollywood celebrities. We get to play them off. We get to play them off the stage. And then one dude. Get off the stage. That's their version of get off the stage. Yeah. Playing <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they yell through their quality, instruments. Quality music. Um, so yes. On the subject of video games as a type of military recruitment tool... Uh, I think we there the the actual use of it for recruitment for a younger audience is the problematic part of it, and I I at least find it I believe that it rests on the it it it, it is up to the actual journalists to call this out or to actually step forward and be like, hey people, this might be construed as like manipulative or wrong. Perhaps the fourth estate should try to I don't know. Keep tabs on other entities within the country. But that's all I'll say about that. That's all I'll say. I think it's not a big deal. As long as yeah. like, they make it exactly clear exactly how much power they have in this. How much influence. Like, the, the if the U.S. Army's like, yeah, we know? Like, what do you mean? Yes. Describe it for me. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got it. Champ, what? What do you mean? Like the the U.S. So what do you mean the U.S. Army? Like describe? Like do you say that the U.S. Army would say like, "Hey, we we recognize that we are recru- we are uh, what is it advertising to younger children?" Does that just like make it clear exactly how much like they have? Uh, what's the words? Like I'm at a loss of the words. I need to describe this. It's okay. Like, we can come back. Sure. All right, sec, folks. <laughs> Psych. Uh, 
But yeah, okay. Uh, anybody else have anything else? Uh, anything specifically on the use of these as a type of uh, stand-in? Because we do have... There is something else that I do want to talk about that... Uh, oh boy, I'm excited for. It's your... All we right, can then. move on. Well, all right, Let's then. Let's do it. If you do think of it, speak up, Tyler. Uh, you know I will. Um, so we the this next story was actually uh, referred to me by one of our internet comments on one of our SoundCloud videos, which, by the way, if you like what you heard on Pixel Hunt, you can find us online on SoundCloud. Just look up Pixel Hunt. It'll be the only uh, entry with more than seven shows. Uh, check us out. You can listen to recorded uh, <laughs> segments of the show. You can listen to past episodes. It's a real good time. What a shill. What a shill. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, uh, I, we're like the the nerdy, uh, less weird SoundCloud rapper counterparts. We like, with that, minus the face tattoos, as far as our audience knows. We should just open this show up with like, hey, you know who it is. <laughs> yeah, what? You know <laughs> what it is? It's Pixel Hunt. do 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 um, wait, yeah, oh, dueling banjo. Yeah, we. I can't wait for the dueling banjos episode. <laughs> Drop some bars over. Some I can't wait till banjos. I learn how to play banjo. Oh, Mike, I you, duel with that. You're a monster. <laughs> you I are a monster. It. Guitar banjo. Then I do it. Like, banjo kazooie. Wait. Uh, uh, That's a game. That is a game. Um, but the one project that I wanted to highlight and that this person so graciously highlighted thank you fan who uh who suggested this um there is a game coming out called lost soul aside and it's a uh like currently uh lost soul aside is an impressive one person project from developer bing yang created in unreal 4 and it takes visual cues from the final fantasy series and looks and plays like devil may cry like it's it like I've seen gameplay of the game, and it's like it's heavy, it's style and combat and combo focused, and it's very fast paced, and it looks incredible. It looks like a a real game, and it was produced by a single person. Uh, after speaking with a number of developers about turning his passion project commercial, Yang has announced via Twitter the game will be a timed PlayStation Four exclusive. So, and they said, so like the, the actual developer said, so there will be a time exclusive on PS4 and there will be multi-weapons. You just try, will try to finish the game in 2018. Thank you. So as per the tweet, Yang also mentioned the game will include multi-weapons, whatever that, uh, whether that means multiple weapons or weapons that can transform into others like Bloodborne is unclear and that he'll try to finish the game in 2018. But the game itself has... Uh, an, an impressive, like a huge amount of work that is clearly that can be seen putting in being put into it, and so the the this got me thinking. Like, what does it mean for a sing- now? What does it mean for it to be to be a single developer and like produce a project on your own? Because it's it's become so much more than what it used to be, which was like oh uh, like a hobby. You throw a couple of bits of code uh, back in the day, especially when Atari was popular. It wasn't uncommon for a single game to be completely made by one person. And as the games became more complex, you needed more people, which eventually gave rise to the AAA uh, title release, where it's like you've got teams of hundreds of people working on these incredibly expansive games. But now we've got something where it's a single person working on a really expensive looking game uh, and producing it on their own. So where where do you think uh, developers should factor into all of this? Like what? How what have what has your experience been with with like one person development games? Have you ever dabbled in anything like this? 
Uh, or do you have any memories of any like indie games that you remember being made by one person? Yeah, Undertale. That's right. Actually, yeah, it's a game we've... Oh boy, yeah. A game we've talked about a ton on this show. Uh, and it was like... It, I uh, We used to play a ton of Undertale music on here. Well, that's good. It's one of the best like soundtracks on video games ever. Yeah, and it was it's correct. All created by one person. Yeah. Um, and so one of the one of the the questions that kind of arises from this is as a as a games journalist, as someone who whose job it is to partially review, but also report on these types of things. Should you treat these single person developed games as a commodity uh, and just review them, or should you? place some consideration into the fact that it was produced as a passion project by one person. Should you review or report on a single person made game differently than you would report or review, say, Red Dead Redemption 2? Is the question I ask of y'all. I would say so, considering, like, I mean, yeah, it's literally just a vision of one person and the amount of time and effort they had, as opposed to a team of, like, hundreds. Yeah. Context always matters. So, yeah, I would say, I don't know how differently you would report on it. You would certainly include that information. And it would it would definitely affect my judgment of the game mm-hmm. uh, to learn that this was just something one person did rather than a team of developers and programmers. And, you know, that... It seems beyond the scope of anything I could attempt because all the games that I'm used to are, or all the games that I think of when I think of, you know, game development are role-playing games mm-hmm. where you need things like motion capture and voice acting and, um... That would be, ins- do all the voice acting, the, do all the motion capture. Make <laughs> and the creation of art assets and right. the creation and the, the envisioning of Yeah, the programming and the, dir- and the music direction and the writing and everything. And, like, if that's all coming from one person, how do you even make that? Um, so it's not really something I'd thought a lot about before, but for... Wasn't Cuphead also a single developer? No, it was a no. it was an indie studio. Indie studio. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It you would definitely have to report on it differently. I feel like. I so, think yeah. uh, I think the criticism should be the same, but the approach can be very different. How? What do you mean? So you would critique the same aspects if we have two very similar games, one from. A single developer, one from a AAA developer that both, like we're talking about, resemble Devil May Cry. You can have the same criticism, say, if you find the combat bland, you can say that, but your approach would be generally more positive in tone towards that single developer because you would more than likely acknowledge the fact that it was made by a single person, but that doesn't make your critique invalid. It doesn't mean that the combat isn't still the weakest part of the game. doesn't mean, you know, whatever. It's like, I think of um, Dust in Elysian Tale, a game which I think is, okay, it's not great. It looks beautiful. was made by a single developer over the course of five years. It took him five years to make this. And the art is ridiculous. The animations are insane. It's, it's all just really well drawn, beautiful, colorful. But the the combat is not very interesting. The story isn't interesting. The characters aren't good. 
voice acting is okay. It's like, all those critiques still stand. But while saying it, I acknowledge the fact that it was made by one person, and this is an incredible feat. But the game is still just okay. As a, as a gameplay experience, it's... You you have to be able to put those level those critiques. Yeah. You just have to be a little softer about how you level them exactly. because they're being leveled onto the shoulders of Into one person. a single person. Right. Rather yes. than a team that can like spread that out some. I would also, right. yes, and I would also bring up the fact that uh, you potentially, at least for, for in those cases, for a large group of people, I still think you should... I, I almost think you should try to treat it the same way because, like, in a way, like, everybody had, like, whoever made that game, like, signs their name and they are, uh, they are essentially a collective, a, a collective of individuals that ended up working on something. And so, like, I, I still don't think you should be able to, like, just because a game has a ton of people uh, working on it doesn't mean that you should be like, oh, well, this, uh, this is, uh, this specific part of it is incredibly, uh, like or to to be overly hard on something, you should still recognize uh, good work when good work is done, and still think like you know the whoever was in charge of this specific area might have had some difficulties or they might have been pressed for time or or something. I still think there is less of one. There's less of a reason or less of of a leg room to do that with a large company because they have typically like all the res uh, many more resources and like time, money, uh, work. Or people that they can put to work. But I still think that, like, you should still, like, when any project that's being done, I think you should at least recognize that a lot of people worked hard to put something together. So, like, the you know, and the joke is, like, you know, a game developer will work on, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 for, for you know, years of, like, for years of their life and sacrifice uh, hours and hours and hours just so that uh, someone on the internet can, can say, like, 7 out of 10. It wasn't great. Um, I, I, I still think, and I think this is a greater conversation that should be had about the games industry in general and about developers. I think developers should be given more credit. Um, I think that they, like, the, the fact that anyone produces a game should, like, doesn't mean you have to be like, this is the best thing ever, it's amazing. But recognize, like, hey, it's not easy to make something like this. And they, whoever made this project should be proud of them, uh, themselves. That being said, like, these parts of the game don't work. For me or like aren't great or like the this could have been better but i i still there there should be some respect it sounds like what you're talking about is basic you know human decency to one another <sighs> but unfortunately across we don't the get customer the, developer line we don't get well, that yeah we're we're an industry that's grown up around uh we're, we're a base of consumers rather that's grown up around forum space communication oh, which is Lord. notoriously toxic no Actually, matter where you find one, it one moment we do have to play a grand spot but I want to come back to that so we'll be right back after this message um, but uh, so yeah no please tell me like, talk a little bit more about forum spaces and what like what do you mean by that so as a World of Warcraft player, the the forums I am most intimately familiar with are, of course, Blizzards. Of course. Uh, Which uh, we did talk ones, about last week. Yes, we did. Specifically the ones dedicated to World of Warcraft. And, oh man, uh, people on these forums are not nice they to are. one another or to <laughs> Blizzard. Um, and particularly to Blizzard. Like, I, I know from my own experience, I will go and look at... Um, 
say, like, Blizzard puts out a new set of patch notes for any of their games, really, it will be posted, like, the the patch notes will be posted at the top of a, a forum entry, and then responses will be listed out below. Oh, boy. And... You know, there's the obligatory oh, first, huh. of course, um, I, as is as, as is, is common, tradition, as is tradition, as um, as society dictates, and almost immediately, Blizzard forum posts tend to degenerate into oh god, they're ruining the game over X and such that you know <laughs> might be seen maybe as a penalty to Can't someone's class. Can't believe they've nerfed Roadhog again. <laughs> Don't get me started. Exactly. Um. It, but it, it's it's not just about like ruining one character. It's, it's just like this game is the, trash. The now. entire game is ruined forever. Uh, it will never recover. All of the things that I love about the game are dead now. It's the it's the the entitlement we talked about last week with. Oh uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> it's everywhere. How dare Blizzard touch my precious game? <laughs> You touch the precious, <laughs> the precious. Well, exactly. this is awfully topical, especially considering uh, the date since '76 came out today. Fallout. Yeah, uh, we have a friend uh, that's when we were watching E3 at another friend's house, and for the Bethesda conference for '76, upon the information that they gave for that game, immediately started to react negatively. He's like, "Wow, I can't believe they do all this. They're taking the name and then just shoving it in the dirt. It's going to be awful. I hate it." <laughs> Like, huge Fallout fanboy. Way to go. It's like, Fallout 76, trash. Wrong. We we would always give him, you know, like, all sorts of trouble for it. We'd be like, look, man, God Howard knows. It just works. (laughs) (laughs) Todd Howard knows what's happening. He's the man who makes it all work. Behind the scenes. Todd Howard. Oh, man. that, That sort of... We are masked behind our online identities... As a community, and we are used to being able to lambaste one another with relative impunity. Right. Um, and that extends to lambasting the people who are making the very products we purport to enjoy. Except they're, like, people who are doing their jobs. Well, yeah. And that's that's where it gets really awful, is when you have people who see something they don't like in their game and actually, you know, hate mail or threaten or otherwise perform very illegal and unethical actions to toward or directed at the employees of the company that makes this game. Um, and that's really awful and we should not do that, but we do it because... I don't know, we're a toxic mess well, as a community it's in a lot of ways. One of the big problems about the internet and just like us as humans, really, like even if we're just driving on the road per se, like it's it's very common, I know at least for me, it's like even the slightest thing to like instantly set me off, be like, what are you doing? Put it in park, why don't you? <laughs> like turn on your blanker, you it's idiots. Almost, it's almost like... like- <laughs> So yeah, th- and I there's a there's an article by Kotaku that I was reading about that I brought up for this. Uh, game designer says developers would be more candid if gamer culture wasn't so toxic. Yep, essentially, uh, because it, it exactly that way. Like whenever, like it, it it doesn't like the patch notes could be like we have changed the color of this NPC's shirt 
and people would come out of the woodwork and be like, how dare you change NPC shirt color? I grew up with this NPC. The game's not what it used to be. You can't make red shirt guy's shirt green? That's completely different. It's you've changed everything. And, and Buff it, Roadhog. Oh my! And you get out of here. <laughs> Road rage on the information superhighway, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Correct. It, that's a, Road, that's Road a good Hawk, point. Roadhog. See what rage. I did there? Yeah, the yeah. street pig boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Roadhog rage, indeed. Um, but it, it's it's that specific attitude, and I think that the 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 way that games are reported on only feeds back into that. So I, I am happy when I see something like Lost Soul Aside that can be, it's very positive because it's a single developer and because it's like, oh look, there this guy's producing this really fantastic work. It's actually being released on the PS4. It looks professional level, it, like it has professional level quality. Um, but, but then of course, on the, if, then there's that. But on the other end of that, it made me think about like, but what about all the times people have gone on to a Blizzard forum and attacked like a developer who's, who loves the series and who's just trying to do their job and like was like, this quest line is trash. I can't believe they would write this character in this way. How dare they? Um, I can imagine it'd be very daunting. Like, I'd just be doing my best. You know, I love my job. And then I look online to see if people like it, like I do. <laughs> and it's just all like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I hope you die. Thankfully, like, that's uh, not what we... We don't get that. Actually, surprising amounts of enjoyment from our audience. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, bang, bang. We thank you guys. Yeah, yeah thanks. Our Pixel Hunt, best audience. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> thanks, guys. We love you. And girls... And girls. And everyone in between That's or right. outside of that. Yeah. Good save. Good save. Good. I got real, you. Real nice and inclusive. I like it. Um, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Why, thank you. Mike, do you have anything you, that you're thinking about or that you think about this? Yeah. So I, I, think, I think the whole issue with uh, consumers reacting very negatively to games and that being daunting to developers, I think that's... That's very true, but I do think it's it's separate from reviewers, which we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I think with reviewers, first of all, it's primarily their job to protect the consumer and to inform them. So it isn't necessarily their job to acknowledge the mm-hmm. accomplishments of the developer, but I also think it's implicit that they are already doing that in reviewing the game i see especially if they feel positively about this game and they do have a true passion about this medium which the state of gaming journalism right now i don't think that's necessarily true hopefully we'll get there <laughs> um but i don't think we're fingers, quite there fingers crossed yeah hopefully perfect seven yeah. out of tens across the board <laughs> yeah uh you can pay an additional three hundred dollars and we'll bump those up to an eight uh but like with Many film critics, unless the movie is so, like, abhorrently awful, just the tone of the review is implicitly showing their passion for the medium and their appreciation of the people who work on them. So I don't think it's something you need to just state in every review, especially since when consumers are reading these, that's not the information they want. It's not the critic's job to to say, this is what the developers are doing. Right. Ultimately... It's on the consumer to appreciate the work because they are the one purchasing it. Critics get this work for free. Right. The consumers are the ones who should be, 
you know, applauding these developers for their work, which of course they often don't. Um, but I don't think that, that, that obviously doesn't mean that consumers shouldn't be able to critique too. Just that maybe sometimes they should acknowledge the hard work that was put into the actual game, you know, before they go on forums and, and just anonymous, anonymously, you know, blare whatever they want. Well, this makes me people. This makes me think it's probably akin to other facets of life where the vocal minority are the really awful, toxic ones, and you don't hear about all the people that do like it because they're not so inclined to speak up right. or whatever. You just hear all the people that are so upset and have to say something because they're that upset. Right. So perhaps we just, you know, if you like something, get out there. Show you support for it, like Pixel Hunt. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah. we get we get so much hate. We too. do get so much hate, so much well, hate, so much ignore. We're not big enough yet <laughs> to get that much hate. I'm excited for when we get. Yeah, that'll. I can't wait if we ever make it big. Oh, if man. we ever make it big, Just sleep in a pile of hate mail. Ooh. That's like a dream come true. Yes, please. Like I. Oh man. This person said I don't deserve to live, and they know where I. <laughs> they I don't deserve to live, and they know my address. Yeah. I feel like, no. No? I don't want to sleep on a mattress stuffed full of hate mail. I, that would be very uncomfortable to me. Right. Well, see, the great thing is you don't even have to open it and look at it. You just... just no. I, so, instead, you sleep on a bed made entirely out of fan appreciation letters. Made entirely yeah. out of people who have done nothing but think about you. That's what? a little oh, stalkerish too. Like well, I, the people are in your bed. Yeah. The, I, wait. Wait. I'm sorry. What, Tyler? <laughs> that has a different connotation. Yeah. That, all the all of the that's fans what you are said, inside though. of the bed. The fans are in the bed. Well, <laughs> sorry. Well, by that, uh, looks like we've been exposed. And uh, all right then. That's it. <laughs> Insert your Jeffrey Dahmer jokes here. Oh, Who needs boy. a box spring? <laughs> <laughs> when you have servants <laughs> get in the bed what hold it up hold up the bed so in, the, in, in the middle of the night their strength gives out and just the bed <laughs> yeah, the you're like oh collapses. come on I would be unfazed <laughs> oh yeah. my god me too probably <laughs> unless one of them turned into As a they just spider slowly suffocate yeah if one mattress. of those servants became yeah. a spider you'd be out of there man uh, yeah and then I'd sleep on the couch for a week out of, out of fear. Right, yeah. Out of fear. Yeah, I would never do that. That didn't actually happen. That yeah, did no, happen. I saw was... him sleeping on yes. the couch. Hey, well, you just got to out me on the radio, even though I outed myself like exactly. so 20 because, seconds ago. Because but... you've outed yourself, I'm going to out you again. I... Neither here nor there. The Come green on, light has appeared. Stop outing one another. Fair it's enough. Polite. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. It's a big phobia, and lots of people have it. Okay. Yeah, this is true. I also don't like spiders. But, uh, hey... By the way, for those of you joining us at the top of the hour, you're listening to Carry UI 89.7 FM, Iowa City, Iowa City's former sound alternative. Hello, you're listening to Pixel Hunt, a show about all things video game, video game news, critiques, controversies, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and your favorite commenters. And your favorite commenters, me, Malcolm Cano, Mr. Michael Carl, Mr. Tyler Durr, Mr. James Baker, um, all, of, all of which are here talking about single developers. Uh, strong, independent, single developers who don't need no publisher because they know what's up. That's right. Um, 
Do you believe that uh, single developers should be given caveats, though, when it comes to reviews? Uh, I mean, I got to agree with Mike for the most part. Like, yeah, you should still treat them mostly the same, but still, like, understand pretty much. Like, don't be so harsh, I guess, but still be like, yeah, this start, this part was still lacking and, you know, like, maybe a little more praise, a little. May, or rather, I, I just, like, a little, one or two sentences is like, hey, by the way, this was made by one person. Like, just, yeah. just, just maybe notify them of that. I mean, doesn't that happen in most reviews anyway? Like, usually, this this product was made by these people, and this is what it is. Right, but like, okay, so it's like, hey, this was made by Rockstar Games. This was made by Insomniac. But like, this when you say like this was made by, uh, by two, I think it's like. Well, I mean, they're not the person who made it. Isn't a corporate entity, so it'll just be a person's name. You know, like yeah. they have a their studio name is like. Uh, Hold on. Uh, the studio is U to Zero. U to Zero Games. So you're like, hey, this was made by U to Zero Games. A game studio made up of one person. Yeah, no, you'd probably... T- if, if you were a good and thorough reviewer, you would probably start if you the were. review Ooh, with that. I like the shade inherent in that. How's that shit? I'm no, not just like shade at anyone No, just like, if you're a good... Like, people who don't do that, that's bad game reviewers. Yeah, I and, think so. If yeah, you don't yeah, say who that, the developer is. That's not is. shade. That's just... Yeah, that's just true. No? What is... <laughs> I thought shade meant like, you're like, oh. You Throwing shade usually has a specific target in mind. Yeah, I see. And this is just Mike, it's all the laying down reviews. ground rules for good reviewing practice. This is true. Really yeah. Shade and is... And I think, I think it targeted. is... It's, it's a good practice to say, yes, this is the developer, and then give a brief background. And that most reviews have that. Unless it is Rockstar Games, in which case it's like, that's... We know. Not necessary, yeah. You say the newest game from Rockstar Games. Right. As okay. opposed to this, the newest game from Insert One Man Studio. Yeah. It is a one-man studio, and then continue reviewing. I still think you should... Uh, and I don't know. That's the other thing. It's like, when, we, when, when Steam Greenlight was still a thing, and when the Steam community was reeling from the inundation of, like, garbage shovelware... Uh, that it is still recovering from today. I believe that it would it is also important. Like there were times when some truly horrifying asset flips would come out of studios that consisted of one person. And I also believe that these asset like that was it, just because it was made by one person uh, really tarnished a lot. Like it tarnished like indie development studios. It tarnished a lot of different things. Uh, and I know a couple of reviewers that, or a couple of uh, games journalists and reviewers and YouTube personalities that made a career out of going through and kind of poking fun at like just the abhorrent quality of some of these pieces. And so I agree. I think if a work is bad, it should you should never like you shouldn't be like oh this is you know it's excusable because it's only made by one person. But at the same token, I think there there should be some under yeah some understanding that like, but it. Like, if the game is bad, the game is bad. But if the game is good with some issues, maybe be like, hey, this is a good game. It's got some problems, but it was made by one person. So, I don't know. I it, To me, like, those arguments are sim- they're very similar. And the only difference there is the subjective quality of the game, which is almost impossible to, like, to be like, yeah, that's a good game and that's a bad game. There's also a difference in the motive of the developer, Okay, what do you in mean? In the cases you've outlined. So, 
for a game like the one we started off talking about, this is obviously a passion project that's lasted some time. I believe so, yes. For a game like a piece of shovelware on Steam Greenlight? Yes, this might. The motivation is very much... But what about, so what about Rockstar Games? Like, what about a game, GTA V? What is that? They're not really in the scope of what we're talking about, are they? They're a mix of both. Right, so would you say that it's a, is it a passion project, or is it a... They're both cash grab and passion project. So, but like, okay, but like an indie, a one-person game can't be a cash grab? It definitely can. Right, but what, okay, I see. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, is that there are, you can make that distinction as well. It's not solely on the subjective quality of the game. You can also say, this was the work of this person over the course of however many years, as opposed to this was the work of one person over so many hours creating a piece of software that basically looks like a reskin of Tetris. Right. There's. What are you saying about reskins of Tetris, Jim? I love reskins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love Tetris. I played entirely too much Tetris when I was a small child, on, oh. mostly on PC emulators. But yeah, I I get that. But there's um, there is a difference between you know somebody putting out something that they've poured their soul into to make really pretty, like the game that Mike was talking about but, earlier. But what if pouring your soul into it makes it and it still looks like trash? What if you pour your soul into something that looks like garbage? And then, then you need to have some self awareness, right? And be I like, I can't put this. Yeah, up. exactly. Which is the problem with a lot of those green light games. I would say most of them were cash grabs and had no passion would, in them whatsoever. I, I agree as well. Uh, but then you had some. I'm just gonna say seriously deluded people, right? Who could well. not accept that the products they put out and made for like it probably took them two days to make like a couple hours in unity right to to flip those assets into this game and when they received harsh criticism they were like oh like just what is it uh what freaked it, out attacked, what was the studio attacked that attacked jim digital Sterling? homicide digital homicide uh attacked just reviewers in general uh, attacked this reviewer jim sterling uh just uh, attacked the entire industry of games journalism as as being leeches um, right. as, as as contributing nothing to the community, and it was so ridiculously diluted because the games he would put out were, were terrible. Yeah, well, but not just terrible; it, they were games that he clearly spent no time on. Right? They were like they took they got J, they got a JPEG of blood and put it in the game to like show up on the screen when you took t- it was bad. Yeah, it's it's like you're you haven't actually created anything; you've just stolen a bunch of content from other people put it into just just cobbled it together into this hodgepodge uh, with you know no thematic thematic or creative consistency and then just when someone criticizes it for good reason because it's ridiculous and it's clear that they put no effort into it and that they just wanted money they can't acknowledge that and it's like that deserves that deserves criticism and that you know when someone criticizes you for that, you should be able to acknowledge that, yes, I put out this piece of work that deserves harsh criticism. It's you just, just Sometimes you need to accept it, and you need to understand mm-hmm. and have an awareness of the product that you put out. Yeah. And 
a lot of people on green light did not. Oh, which is why I think it was shut down. Yeah, which I'm not going to pretend like it's it is very very hard to make a game to re- to make a game and to receive criticism. Yes, it's really hard, and it's hard not to lash out. But that's why you just gotta keep the fingers off the keyboard for a couple days, think it over, right. re-examine your game, and maybe realize yes, I agree with some of this. And sometimes when people give criticism, they're wrong or they're maybe don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes Absolutely. you just gotta, Sometimes, and then yes. you can continue the conversation with them. But right, you have to, you have to do it after or you, you calm just, down. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's just like any other art form. People are gonna criticize you if they don't agree with it, or if it's bad. And if you react negatively, then that reflects on you as an artist. Hmm. Yeah, I right. think so. Yeah, I, it seems like a pretty fair, at least. Depiction. I also find it a little bit troublesome because games journalists also find themselves in the... They are journalists and reviewers, which a reviewer is much more business-oriented and focused and are talking about a product and are either, uh, you know, speaking in favor of or against purchasing a product. But a journalist is meant to report on the news. I find it... Sometimes concerning that a games journalist is also a games reviewer and is also, like, there have been several controversies that have revolved around, like... Conflicts oh, of interest right, inherent it's in like, those oh, two roles being mashed up. Exactly. So it's like, oh, you gave that game a good review because they probably gave you money or they gave you an, an advanced copy and, like, you got a bunch of cool swag from Rockstar. Or but, not money, but, they yeah, they had, like, like personal relationships. Exactly. And and so, like, I I, I also, when I think about some of these one person studio games they also don't have like they don't have the connections that rockstar has they don't have the 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 industry presence that rockstar has and so i like even so it's being picked up by sony and so like now this single person created game is kind of being uh lifted up by a larger publisher slash developer and i think that this is i don't know I, i i wonder like what is the role of games journalists? Should they also like? Should that be a consideration as well? It's like, yes, this is a rock star game, and like, but how can you fully divorce yourself from the? If if you're a reviewer, you can't divorce yourself from it because like it is your world, it's your industry, you, you're a part of it. I've kind of just imagined their role as a game reviewer as it is, anyways. I mean, like I thought there was that was their whole purpose, really. Yeah, but what about as a games journalist who's like? supposed to report on on these things well of course but like that requires more subjectivity than i've seen in game journalism a lot of the time Mm -hmm. so i like i still game games journalism games journalism is still quite in its infancy yeah sorry not subjectivity objectivity there we go yeah my bad we're all about being correct here even this show well the good news is no we're the ideal because we don't have any ties and we're not big enough and nobody knows us and nobody cares. But we're all definitely Bam. biased here. We are absolutely but bi- well everyone carries a bias with them. Of course. Yes. Like for example, love Luigi's Mansion. Love it. I, I love I love that. I got so much nostalgia for Luigi's Mansion. Good game. Love that game. Uh you talk bad about that game, I'll fight you in the streets. Um but like that I I, I don't know. I also think it's I, I agree that there is a there is a level of subjectivity or excuse me a level of objectivity that we can aspire to that is important um, and I think that perhaps games journalism at least in the future uh, might want to try to distance itself a little bit more from the industry which will be difficult because on the one hand you, 
it's a product and you're reviewing it. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, like you also have to talk about it in a like objective context sometimes. Yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> Being able to balance subjectivity and objectivity like that. Yeah. Especially when it's your paycheck on the line as well. Correct. Where it's like, hey, like, do you or, want some money? Or say when some. what you're talking about is, say, the army rolling out a team to, <sighs> to do um, esports competitions. Oh, boy. What are the, oh, boy, the implications. So many. How do, how do we remain objective about reporting on that issue? Well, that's the thing. Uh, I... Yeah, and to bring it back, just to bring it back from the start of the show, um, I don't think we can. I, I think that like either you got it, you got a little, little, little bit of subjectivity in, just a tiny bit, uh, because like without the subjectivity, it like ceases to be human. You gotta, you have to include some. Of you have to moderate it, of course, but include a bit. I don't know. I, I, I still think that like when it comes down to these single developers, like I still think games journalists have a difficult job. And I think that it is the the role that they are going to have to play is going to only become more complicated as we go on. They will shape the future of this nation. They're on the threshold of an amazing amazing adventure. adventure. I will smack you all. Oh, my God. Blame him this time, honestly. Only Danganronpa memes. Um, Yeah. So, at least in that capacity, I believe that that that's where we are. I, I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts about, like, what it means to be a... Uh, a single developer like what are what are some of the i don't know what are some of the challenges you would have with actually like reviewing something like that or reporting on it um i don't know i'd I'd have to be a good writer first (laughs) all right well like the all right so the scenario would be as follows: like you you know game's coming out you play it you like you enjoy it for the most part but there's some problems with it so what do you say me likey or mo me no likey that oh yeah that's your review yeah <laughs> tyler give thumbs down <laughs> it's like a caveman giving game reviews tmc actually that's actually i can see that being a really marketable reviewing Ca- strategy Ca- caveman reviews this is commander shepherd and this is my favorite game on the citadel Ooh, oh, yes. oh, oh, yeah oh, <laughs> so meany oh. so, so shilly uh speaking of shilly Oh, <laughs> are we? Yeah, that's right. If we you like are. what you heard, uh, you can find us online on SoundCloud. We've got uh, all the previous episodes up to date. Uh, I've got a, a few that I still need, or rather, I still have some of the old, old ones that I need to upload. God, stop it, Tyler. All of the other ones are up to date. We are, the most current episode is up there. Um, but we, you can go online. You can also at me on Twitter uh, and send me all of the hate mail or not hate mail that you want at a pixel hunt. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash uh, pixel hunt radio show. And MySpace eventually. And my, we're coming, to my, coming soon to MySpace. Uh, and Google Plus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, check in with us on, uh, what is it? Uh, Christian Mingle. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Farmersonly.com. Farm. <laughs> oh, for the love of Pete. You can, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll be on Pitchfork. Uh, we'll just be everywhere. Yeah, on some of those Chinese social media. That's right. Ten, Tencent. We'll be yeah, on Tencent. We'll, yeah. Uh, we talk. We'll rechat, I believe. Do any of you speak Mandarin? Nope. And uh, 
Time to bust out the Google Translate. Hard no. Hard, that's, also, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. No, that will not go over well. <laughs> you just show up, you start marketing the show, but you don't change the language it's in. So no one understands what you're talking about. It's going to be like some dang and rompa kind of stuff going on. Like, excuse me, what? Uh, yeah. That didn't really translate too well. Well, yeah. Just a few of the things, Sonia. Like, uh, it's strange. But I still think that was kind of the point. Yeah, well, of course. I, is meant to show like the the disconnect, but in that capacity, I do believe that these oh man, games journalists don't have an easy job, and I don't and like that's the other thing is like you know developers don't have an easy job, games journalists don't have an easy job, uh, publishers sometimes don't have an easy job, but let's be honest, they make a lot of money, a lot of money. So doesn't necessarily mean their job is not difficult. That's true. It, it it can be difficult. Doctors get paid a lot of money. Yes, and their jobs can be plenty hard. Well, I would assume so, yes. 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 So much money. Did somebody say money? <laughs> um, who are you, Activision Blizzard? Ooh. Uh, still railing on, on them for that. Um, phones. Don't you guys have phones? Um, but I do believe that uh, in the future, at least, I, I, I think that as game journalism be- continues to mature, that we will see a continued divide between uh, game like journalists and game reviewers. And I think that there will eventually the two roles will split. And so that a games journalist does not have to be a games reviewer as well just to make ends meet, but rather a game reviewer can be a game reviewer and a you know games journalist can just focus on what is happening in that sphere. But I think it's, it's got to be more defined. The question is, which one of those roles will become the avatar of hate and evil? <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, uh, a good question. I guess we'll why, see. Why are we assuming that one of them has to? Am I missing something? Because the universe is not but black and white. Obviously. That sounded pretty I, I, black to me. Well, you know, only Obviously. the Sith deal in absolutes, Tyler. Which is an absolute. The Jedi are wrong. I see through the lies of the Jedi. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold <laughs> it's not on. a story a the Jedi would tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you the story of Gamergate. It is not a story <laughs> the Jedi will tell you. <laughs> Have I ever told you the, the tale of Peter Molyneux the Wise? Oh. <laughs> hey. Hey, made black and white. <laughs> made black and white. Made black and white. Oh, oh, we've gone it. We've ascended. We've come full circle. Man, we're good. Oh, oh. we're there. Pulitzer <laughs> Prize winning. Full <laughs> meme circle. Oh. I'll see you boys on the stage to accept my Peabody. Uh, <laughs> in my dreams, because that'll never happen. <laughs> Just give me a Razzie. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a Razzie. I'm here to accept my Razzie, sir. <laughs> For my horrible content. Um, but yeah, we, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I do wonder, like, I'm just glad that we're able to to do this because I, I I don't know. In some ways, I believe we are we can afford to be at least a little more uh, detached because nobody t- like nobody's reaching out to us to sponsor their game, uh, and I like it that oh, way. Well, we don't have yeah. we have no allegiances, uh, so to speak, unless it's to the University of Iowa. Actually, that's true. We have to we do kind of have to play their stuff. This is correct. Oh, yeah, but I their mean, stuff doesn't really impinge on our yeah 40 20 seconds of what we're of talking spoke. about yeah they're they're not 
aligning us one way or the other on the things that we are discussing. I can't wait for the University of Iowa to come out and be like, here's this, uh, we, we, you know, the University of Iowa has esports teams. They've got a League really? of Legends team and a Smash team. And I, I've spoken to the captain of the League of Legends team. I actually have heard something about that. And like to a it previous offers... roommate I had that's, yeah. No? Just not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, but they offer scholarships uh, here at the University of Iowa, or offered, or offer for incoming students for um, professional, uh, for game, for professional uh, games. Yeah. Okay. So League of Legends, Smash, esports teams are are joining the ranks of. There's collegiate esports, collegiate sporting there's, teams. There's that military offer... esports. There's east, oh, uh, middle schools, high school. Like in the future, I'm telling you, esports is gonna be a multi-billion-dollar industry alone. It's... it's already enormous. Then, for a future episode, we should probably delve into the question: Are esports players athletes? Yes. Or no? We talked about this. Have they we? They are. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so you yes. Tyler, memory no good. No, no, no. We talked about this like a like a semester ago. Well, we may we may bring it up in light and like things have changed, and we may want to bring up a, a couple of new things that have come about. Um, but at least if I remember correctly, last time we talked about this, we argue the the argument went that like well, technically they 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 display uh, extraordinary ability and they are able to do things that the average person cannot do and are able to coordinate and work as a team. Just like other athletes. I think it might be worth taking another look at that to think about how our um, our sports teams and um, department management for things like the football program and, well, specifically football, like college football right. in the U.S. is managed and like... Are there ways that we want esports management to diverge from that? Maybe not have all of the scandals happening. Yeah, and all of the the monetization at the expense of the And and how the the players don't see any of the money in Khalid. Yeah. Dude, let's get Ferentz on the esports teams. What? The coach for... Oh, our coach? Yeah. Oh, yes. No, we don't... mm. Well, actually, I don't know. I just find that hilarious. That it's like, <laughs> how do you select an esports coach? Well, you I find have... a you find a former esports player who's really good, and I you get guess, them to do it. Yeah. Except we're not we're not at that point right. yet. Soon, not all soon. All esports players are the same. Are like generation. yeah, they're, our, they're, our age yeah, right now. We don't have like a generation that has so like wait until been in esports. Wait till we yet. get like when once it's we too new. Well, it's, once, right, yeah, we yeah. only have e- people who are still. I'd say e-sports. give it give it ten to fifteen more years, and like I can almost guarantee you, like we're gonna see an explosion in like professional esports. I I am almost sure of it. Yeah, I agree. I'm down for it. Yeah, I'd also be down for it. We also might want to talk about what that will look like, and like, we'll see. Because uh, well, we talked about it with the in regard to the Olympics a couple of weeks ago, and how like the Olympics were like, yeah, sure, and then the director was like, no, and then the Olympics this doesn't were like, align with our values. Yeah, and we were like, really, Olympics? One of your one of your events is throwing a stick really far. <laughs> really. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hey, well, the javelin toss is like that's a sport. Hey, but that's been going on since like the we've been Greeks throwing yeah we've been bath throwing, robes everywhere. We've been throwing sticks for thousands of years. Sorry, it's a sport. It's been grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been sweeping for thousands of years. Yeah, we've been curling, curling. sweeping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I want I want always co- had to sweep. I want Olympic competitive head to head uh WarioWare with drinking. That's what I want. No, oh just, my god. Just an uh an Olympic sport where they get teams from each country to play Mario and Sonic Olympic games. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant idea. One of the most respected representations of the Olympic Games. Yeah, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. I can hear the sarcasm. It's like there's no dripping, sarcasm there. It's dripping off of the it's microphone. Not, it's everywhere. Say what you will. I don't think it's a terrible game. I I played it before. It's not it's terrible, bad. but like, uh, I, well, well, you can't speak, man. You played Monkey Ball. I saw it. So, Monkey Ball is better than that. No, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Oh yes, my it god, is. Tyler, you're blowing. And up. now we're now we're back into the subjectivity objectivity thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll. We will get back to this. We're not going to spend... We can't do this in five minutes. Uh, Bet. No. Uh, but thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We love uh, being able to sit down and talk with all of you. And once again, if you like what you heard, you can find us online on at, on SoundCloud. Look up Pixel Hunt. Facebook, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Pixel Hunt Radio Show. You can tw- at me on Twitter, at a Pixel Hunt. Uh, that's all the social media. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, uh, online commentator, for suggesting uh, Lost Soul aside. That was awesome. Thank you. It really does help. And, like, we really do enjoy being able to reach out and talk to you guys. So, until next week. Uh, oh, actually, we, we will be taking uh, next week off because of Thanksgiving. Uh, so, we will miss that. But once we come back, there'll be extra, extra news. Extra news. A lot of yeah. bit nice backlog of news for you. Real spicy news. We'll give you, we'll give you double the news. Double the, the news. Same time. That's frame. right. Hour and a half. It'll double be a the special news. double episode that is the same length. <laughs> we'll just have to talk really, really fast. The exactly. Exter- no, it'll That's be a mass panic debate. So everyone takes one story and we all just say it at once. Oh, that would be fun. Um, Not so for no. the listeners. That would no. be experimental. Yeah, I can't wait for it'll da da. Very, very avant garde. Yeah, I'd say. So avant garde. Oh, I'm a fan of the avant garde. <laughs> uh, and on that. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you in two weeks. Have a lovely Thanksgiving. Good night.